Welcome to the Cumberland FA podcast. Hello and welcome to another our Ask the Ref podcast on behalf of the Cumberland FA. Today I'm joined by fellow Cumberland County RA committee member and level five senior county referee, Phil Murphy. Hi Phil, how are you and how have you coped with the lockdown? Hiya Scott, I'm good thank you. Uh, yeah, lockdown's certainly been a, been a test for us all. Thankfully I've been... Uh, been able to continue working so maintaining a, a good routine has been uh, has been relatively easy for me um, what about yourself well mate um, as you know I've sort of been on lockdown with the kids the kids have been off school for a while um, I was doing a bit of work from home until obviously uh, furlough came on board on the beginning of April so since then I've really just been sort of doing a few jobs around the house uh, and doing a bit uh, as a as a volunteer really in my role as uh, chairman of the Cumberland County RA including this podcast which actually we're doing today for the first time uh, outside um, those of you listening you might be able to hear the trees rustling and the wind um, we're actually on the golf course uh, at Lakeside Braden Park uh, near Espatria um, during a little break for lunch uh, but don't worry uh, me and Phil have been adhering to social distancing rules and we're staying alert Sure are. Other side of the fairway, mate, I think is, has been the order of the day. Yeah, we've played here a few times, haven't we, Phil, actually? And um, yeah. we've had a few competitions here with the uh, with the referees, haven't we? So uh, it was yeah. good to come here today and uh, to start this podcast. Yeah, we were actually talking about the other day when we played. It's about 12 years or something we think we've been playing around here now. So Absolutely. We've had a few competitions against West, uh, West, uh, West Cumberland Referee Society. Um, but, uh, yeah, talking about uh, sort of time, uh, how long have you been a CFA referee, Phil? And... How old were you when you started? I, d- I did my referees course uh, when I was 16. Um, so that's, God, that's nearly 15 years ago now. Um, I remember doing the course at the Army Careers Office in, in Carlisle. Kenny Thompson and yourself, I think it was your tutor debut actually, um, were my tutors. Um, I can't remember too much about the course um, other than it was very classroom based. Yeah. Uh, being a being a teenager back then, used to school classrooms. It, it was pretty pretty easy for me to to get used to. Um, but I'm very pleased it's, it's changed into the format that it is these days. Uh, what about yourself? Well, I've been registered with the CFA since coming up to Cumbria uh, in the autumn of 2003. So that's 17 years now. Um, but I started refereeing at the age of 27 back in February 2001, when I took the basic course in Leicester. Um, so next year will be my 20th year as a referee. So a bit of a milestone, Phil. Something to celebrate then, mate, hopefully. Hopefully, if we get there. But um, So did you play football before becoming a referee? And if so, who for? Yeah, I, I was I was one of the first ever players to sign on for Warwick Wanderers uh, when, when we formed a club back in 1997. Um, I started off in goal. I do remember there's a picture of me as a, as a, as a child drenched rat I think is is, is, um, is the, the word I would use in, in a red football shirt Jimmy Glass-esque um, but yeah started off as a goalkeeper then moved outfield to play play centre half good stuff did you ever did you ever have a, have a promising career as a as a young footballer well I certainly played um, but I was a late comer to playing youth football uh, I was only sort of under 15 level back in the day back in back home in, in Hampshire uh, Wiltshire where I grew up for a team called GVM Arken uh, we played in the Andover and basic sorry amazing Stoke district league um, was pretty basic to say <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I played mainly in midfield on the right, right-footed, um, and I carried this on sort of uh, age 16 when I started playing open age football for my uh, village Sunday morning pub team. Um, and then at junior school, uh, I played actually in goal, started off, uh, and then carried this on when I moved up to secondary school. Um, but then later on in secondary school, uh, I switched to centre-half, and I remember one school game, I once scored two own goals, Phil, would you believe? Um, but then when I went to sixth form college uh, in Marlborough, I played up front and I scored quite regularly in the opposition's net. But uh, from the age of 16 to the age of 28, I reckon I played oh, right up to the age of uh, 28 when I retired to take up refereeing. I played Sunday morning every season, um, including when I went away to university in Nottingham. Uh, in fact, it was whilst in Nottingham that I took up my, my coaching badge uh, in 1996 and uh, started management. Uh, I was player manager for a Sunday morning side and a coach for Notts County Ladies, working mainly with their River Derve team. Uh, I also coached in the schools for Notts County uh, and worked a bit coaching in schools for the Nottingham Forest Football in the Community Programme during school holidays. But um, obviously you talked about your position there. Um, were you any good, Phil? I think we all like to think we've, we've got a, a young footballer in us. Uh, my hero was, uh, and still is really, Tony Adams. And, and everyone will know I'm, I'm a big Arsenal fan and, and that's the reason why. Um, so once I finished my playing in goal, I moved outfield and played played as a centre-half. Um, I tried to mirror my style to, to Tony's, Tony's way of, of playing. I was always a very good reader of the game. Um, and I did have a couple of scouts watching me. One of some teammates. There was reports of Sunderland, Leeds, Forest, Newcastle, Carlisle, that kind of calibre of club were, were coming and watching. But sadly, nothing ever came from it. Carlisle's a bit a remote location for some of those scouts to come and watch, unfortunately. But as I went through the age groups, um, generally footballers move forward in position. Uh, I moved. I, I, I followed that as well. So I kind of took up the, the Claude Makélélé role, if you like it in the hole behind the, the midfield, as a hole in midfield. But at the age of 15, uh, I got uh, a disease called Osgood Schlatter's in, in my left knee. Um, and this stopped me playing as regularly as I would like. Fitness massively suffered as a result. And as a 15-year-old, all you want to do is, is go out and, and be active and play football. But uh, that was ultimately the reason why I, why I had to stop playing um, and take up the whistle, I guess, from your... Your answer to the previous question, you, you were not a bad little footballer yourself. I weren't bad. Um, as I alluded to, I played in a various uh, number of positions, but I was probably best in defence, uh, either at centre-back or right-back. In the 97-98 season, uh, I played one, and my only one, full season on a Saturday and signed for Basewood United uh, in Nottingham and played a couple of games at the start of that season. In the first team, we then dropped... Uh, to the reserves but made captain. I uh, played mainly as a sweeper or centre-half that season and enjoyed the responsibility of leading a team. Yeah. I can remember one season, final year of playing, I think I probably played every single position in one season. So you I think that is, that, that's time for uh, to hang up the boots, I think. Somebody's trying to tell me something there. <laughs> well, we'll move away from, uh, from playing and talk about refereeing. And you mentioned there about um, the referees course and... Uh, but what also do you remember about starting off as a referee, Phil? I've got quite a unique story around my first game, first ever game. Uh, it was an under-18 league game at Downeygate where, where Warwick Wanderers play in uh, Warwick Bridge. 
I remember I was warming up to playing goal that day, um, but the ref was a, was a no-show, and so the manager ran over to me and, and asked if I would mind refereeing the game, so he drove me to, to where I lived at the time, about two miles away from, from the pitch, uh, grabbed my referee's shirt, cards, whistle, um, I went back to the went back to Downing Gate. So so I did my first ever refereed a game in a pair of shin pads and white boots, uh, which which probably did me good stead as well. But from then on, Scott, I mean, I fell in love with the with refereeing. Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, you, you would see me out and about doing a game. Let me be honest, and it, you know, you're probably not going to like what I'm going to say here, but I did it for the money. You know, as a, as a 16, 17 year old. Many do. Uh, I did it for the money. I didn't want to pot wash in a restaurant. Um, and I learned to drive on, on uh, and as we all know, learning to drive isn't, isn't the most uh, cheapest thing to, to do in the world. Um, but I learned, to, I learned to drive on, on my refereeing money. Um, so it's probably paid me back well and truly o- over the years. My first season, when I can remember of that really, I remember running the line in, in the under 12 County Cup final. Um, John Corkill refereed it. Uh, it was at Brunton Park. Um, and I think, however old you are and however experienced you've got, there's something very special about walking down a tunnel onto a football pitch um, and into a stadium. And I bet it's absolutely phenomenal and exhilarating to, to walk out in front of a packed arena. And I mean, the first few seasons I did on the county league, uh, I only ran the line, didn't referee in a in a in a county league game until probably season four, maybe wow. in my career. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't do me too badly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I guess going back over what you've just you just told us all there, it's you know your first few seasons as a referee down in the. And the Midlands area of the country must have been a total different ball game to what it is up here. Yeah, mate. Um, what do I remember? I remember the sort of being the oldest on the course. Um, you talk about earlier about being um, very young, 15, 16, uh, when you did your course, um, schoolroom, you know, classroom. As I said I was 27, and most of the candidates were doing the Duke of Edinburgh Award. Um, so very young. Um, and before actually qualifying, I was still playing. Um, and I ran a few lines as a club assistant on my own team's games and got some good comments about my flag technique. Um, maybe a bit more about that later, about my flagging. But uh, certainly when I qualified, I quickly started refereeing on the Sunday League. Uh, my team had folded at the Easter. Uh, and there was a few games to be finished off at the end of the season. And I would turn up to hear lads saying, you playing for them today, Scott? Uh, to which I would reply, no, nah, mate, I'm your ref. So um, absolutely, yeah, happy days back in the day. Um, so obviously you were a young ref um, when you started off. Have you got any advice for young referees starting off, Phil? Well, I thought about this long and hard, really, and um, I, I just like to sum it up in in one sentence. And that got to get the basics right. Um, and these start well before three o'clock on a Saturday. Uh, as you know, my diary was always bang up to date and still is uh, out in work out of work so a diary is a must even if it is on your phone um, it's also a life skill organizations is it organization is a, is a life skill 
that'll stand you in good stead for when you start on the career ladder uh, within work. So to take refereeing out of the equation, that getting that um, organisational skill and, and time management is, is vital. Um, being on time is late in my book. Uh, I always arrive five, ten minutes early. Um, not like you did today on the golf course? No, not like I did today, no. Uh, but I did phone ahead and let you know I was running slightly late uh, due, to, due to a tractor being on the road. Um, it's all it's, it's all it's all about that that good impression. Um, so if you arrive five minutes before kick off or ten minutes before kick off, you know you, you don't put yourself just under pressure. You, you create a really poor impression. Um, the only other piece of advice that that stuck with me from from day one, I mentioned I did it in a pair of white boots. I think they were very quickly uh, put away and, and, and never see the light of day again. But your boots. Um, you wash your kit before a game. Why wouldn't you wash your boots <laughs> and clean your boots? So they're, they're the two bits of advice that I would give anyone. And I guess from your, you've been in the game a long time, Scott, and so you've probably got an abundance of advice that you'd like to give out. Oh, plenty, mate. But um, the most important advice is to listen to the advice of more senior colleagues, uh, particularly coaches and mentors. Um, the best way to learn and to develop is by watching more experienced referees uh, whilst performing assistant referee duties and watching professionals on the Premier League uh, on TV. Um, you have to serve an apprenticeship. It was interesting to hear you there say that uh, probably four years till you did your middle. Mm -hmm. I think nowadays we rush referees yeah. into the middle, particularly locally. Um, you know, particularly on a Saturday. Um, but anyway, um, we'll perhaps come on to that again towards the end. But certainly, um, I think the referees these they need to serve an apprenticeship and learn from, from more experienced guys. But um, Who's been the biggest influence on in your refereeing? This again was another tough question to answer because th th there is there is so many, and um, the game has given me um, some superb friends for life. Pass um, you one of them, mate, and um, they've Cheers. all been a massive influence. Um, but if I had to if I had to pick with, pick one person and, and to avoid any any ambiguity or any any uh, upset people, I've gone I've gone for Howard Webb. I don't know the guy. I've never met the guy before. But you know, refereeing family is is quite small, and to see a colleague referee a World Cup final, uh, the pinnacle of, of football, um, to see him from quite a small town of Rotherham, and you know, Carlisle's a pretty small place as well. To see somebody do that um, and referee it quite well, all things considered, um, I think that is. That's definitely something to aspire to and mm. influence yourself. Um, what, what about what about you? You've you've been involved in the game, out refereeing, uh, coaching. You've mentioned playing, but you, you must have a an influence that, that's. That, why why did you get into refereeing? I guess to wrap that up in a question. Oh, um, I was playing. Um, one day I turned up the frozen pitch. As I said to you earlier, I was player manager for a Sunday team. Um, as as the manager, as the sort of the secretary as well, the hats I was wearing at the time. Um, you walk on the pitch with the ref, inspect the field. The lads are all in the car park, wondering what hell's going on. You all walk around the field. It's frozen. You're chatting with the ref, and the ref on that day was a guy called Jeff Bray um, from Leicester, ex football league referee. And I knew Jeff. Jeff was on the committee for the league. Um, and Jeff and I were chatting away, looking at the pitch, and um, he just turned around and said to me, I think you make a good ref, Scott. 
And I went, really, Jeff? I wouldn't know, wouldn't know how to go about doing it. And he said, well, there was a course on next week uh, in Leicester. It'd be right up your street if you did that. This was February 2001. I went, yeah, well, sign me up, Jeff. So I got a call from someone from Leicester and Rutland FA saying, uh, you've been put forward for this course. It's on such and such a date. So I turned up, never looked back, really. And I said that was 2001. So, um, I mean, yeah, you could say Jeff had a big influence. Um, but I've really got to say I haven't had a commanding influence in my refereeing career, Phil. Uh, I came through the ranks during a time when mentors and coaches weren't really the thing, especially in Cumberland. Uh, to get advice and training, you had to join your local referee society or association. When I arrived in Cumbria in 2003, uh, the first referees I met were Chris Backhouse and Paul Best. These two were both level four uh, and members of the Carlisle RA, which I joined and then later chaired for 10 years. Uh, another referee who has been a big influence on my refereeing is uh, my good friend Kevin Moraine from Carlisle. I met Kevin when he was 16 and he and I have gone through the levels together from five to four and then four to three, spurring each other on and basically self-training each other. Another Carlisle referee, John Mulligan, and I also massively support each other and of course, a young Anthony Backhouse was coming through the ranks and overtook us all at this time. But when I got promoted to level three as a contributory league referee, the FA allocated me my first coach, who was called Barry Sigmuta from the North East. Uh, he was uh, an ex-Premier League assistant referee. And I had Barry for a year and he helped me and watched me to establish myself as a level three referee in the Northern League, where I operated for seven years until the FA made me choose a pathway of either referee or assistant referee. I chose lining, uh, I chose lining, uh, and since uh, my return to the National Premier League as an assistant referee, um, my new coach has been Trevor Massey from uh, Cheshire. Not two, not bad coaches there then. Well, yeah, um, Trevor particularly, obviously FA yeah. Cup final assistant, yeah. um, good character as well, good lad, yeah. So um, obviously a bit about my past there, but how long did it take you to? to get to the level uh, you you're at now at level five yeah i mean i went i went seven six five back to back seasons seems a very long time ago now and it was actually a, a memory on uh, on facebook not so long ago and it was 2009 when i became a, a level five referee um seems a hell of a long time ago now and sadly uh, for one thing and a, one reason or another I haven't gone any further in, in the game and um definitely will always stick with me as a as a bit of a regret that I never managed to to get that elusive level four. Um, some things are meant to happen, some things aren't, I guess. You've had a bit of a rise to, to, to fame yourself in, in terms of refereeing. How, how long? 2001 you started, did you say? That's right, yeah. So it took me nine years to get to level three, uh, which is my current level. And I operate on the National League Premier uh, as an assistant referee. Um, and I got to that level, say, 2010-2011 season. Um, but actually took a year out travelling in 2002-2003 to Australia with my wife. So you could say it was eight seasons to, to get to level three. Um, a lot of setbacks, but um, let's listen to you, what you were going to say. You were saying there, obviously, you got to level five. I mean, it sounds like a few setbacks along the way, Phil. <laughs> where, where do I start? Uh, everyone everyone listening to this will know I've, I've struggled with with my uh, my fitness uh, it wasn't my calf as it is today with, with playing golf it was my hamstring or my groin um, someone once said to me Phil you're the best referee I have ever seen but only for 70 minutes <laughs> and 
and, and that quote has definitely stuck with me. Uh, the mental side of the fitness tests literally defeated me before I even stepped on the track. And, and uh, you can tell by, by your smile that you, you know exactly what I mean by that. It used to frustrate me so much that I used to diary it as, as the worst day of the year. Um, you don't referee to get fit, you get fit to referee. Uh, and I remember I was part of the, the inaugural regional development group at Lancashire FA and I think Trevor was actually doing the, the, the session that night and I was physically sick during one of the fitness sessions. I wasn't asked back. Um, it is that brutal, certainly at, the, at that level when you're going up through the rink, uh, through the through the ranks. But another another setback that I remember vividly was was one assessment um, that I got, or an observation as, as they're called now. Uh, my season was flying, and you know when you're having a good season because mm. the appointments rattle through, and you think, oh, that's a tasty one. So the season was going well. Um, I needed a solid middle of the road assessment mark. Uh, I didn't have a bad game, but it came back as a 69, and that was my season done and dusted there and then. Um, and those kind of things really knock you, they confidence, mm. mentally, because um, we are our biggest self self critics. Um, but that, that assessment really stays in my mind because uh, that was one season that I was absolutely flying. Yeah. Um, setbacks are, are quite difficult to talk about, Scott, but it's certainly something that we've looked at in the past about opening up in, in training courses and what we've done. And mm. Is there anything that, that you've had in your career that, that yeah. vividly jumps out at you? Yeah, mate, I missed out on promotions level five uh, for, uh, for, uh, for not doing enough games, mate, would you believe? Um, I think I was one game short in Leicestershire wow. and Rutland. I got, I got the letter saying, unfortunately, you've know, been unsuccessful because you did 19 games yeah. and the pass mark is 20. Strange uh, how you don't forget things like that. It is, mate. I've still got the letter somewhere in yeah. a folder at home. Yeah. Um, and when I was first season level four in the Lancashire League, I finished um, second on the referee merit list for club marks, uh, but only the top one was promoted. I think that was Barry Crop, actually. Croppy. Um, two seasons later, I finished top referee on the Wearside League for club marks, but missed out again on promotion as the FA changed the criteria that season for the first time in their history. <laughs> and they based it on um, assessors' marks. And then sadly in 2010-11, uh, my first season as level three on the National League Premier as assistant referee ended with me being demoted to the National League North as part of a restructuring process by the FA. It took me another seven seasons to regain promotion back to that level. So yeah, plenty of setbacks. Um, but let's move on. Um, talked about your diary earlier. Obviously, I know your work commitments and the work you're doing, and you've been working through this lockdown period. So how do you balance, or how did you balance refereeing and your nine to five job? This is tough, Scott, and there's no other word will describe it better. It's extremely tough to get right. Um, I always struggle with midweek games, when when to eat, what to drink, um, when to drink. I used to remember cramping up in the second half of games, uh, midweek games were always very difficult. Uh, getting back from games at one or two o'clock in the morning is, is, is tough too. And I remember doing a game in Middlesbrough um, one Wednesday night or whatever night of the week it was. And the game went to extra time. It was 3am when I got in 
going to bed and I'm back up for work at seven o'clock. Yeah. Um, that doesn't do your, your body clock or, or, or your, your, your mental side of things any good at all. And so make no qualms about it. This is probably one of the toughest mm. things that, to get right because if it's right for me, it doesn't necessarily mean it's right for you. Um, I mean, you've, you've done a lot more traveling than, than me to, to be the referee. And, uh, any, anything that you want to add into that, really? Yeah, well, thankfully now that I work in football, Phil, um, for the Cumberland FA, it's a lot easier to balance both as an organisation, or oh, sorry, as the organisation has been fantastic and very supportive for allowing me to open up certainly my availability and take on more appointments, uh, particularly midweek. Um, prior to this job, as you know, and many will know listening, um, which as I say, I only started this season in November, I worked for 15 years as a secondary school teacher. Uh, this job naturally made it more difficult for me to be constantly available and so I had to regularly uh, close my dates for work commitments like parents evenings and teacher training sessions after school. Obviously getting away for night games was tricky even with a 3pm finish but um, yeah so obviously this new, new role I've got uh, really lends itself to be able to be involved in football. Uh, talking of football, um, which, which player do you think? from the past, which ex-player uh, would you like to have refereed? Well, you know I'm an Arsenal fan and you know I could have very easily gone with my hero Tony Adams, uh, Thierry, Henri, uh, Vieira, all great players, but I'm, I'm going to shock you and I'm going to go with a, an ex-Tottenham player. What? I know it's. Uh, I feel he'll actually saying that, but uh, when I say his name, you'll know you'll you, you'll understand why. Um, Paul Gascoigne. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I always like to have have a have a good laugh with with a central midfielder, um, and I can't think of anyone better to have a good laugh with on a football pitch for ninety minutes good than choice. than Gaza. Um, and what a player as well! Yeah. I watched his goal the other night on, on Euro '96 rewind, and against his Scotland. goal against Scotland mm -hmm. was was phenomenal. Sadly, though, he, 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 did, uh, he does have Tottenham connections, so I nev say, never I'd, mind. I prefer that goal he scored against Arsenal in the semi-final. Uh, well, 91 FA Cup semi-final. We don't, don't, like don't like to talk about that, do we? But uh, I guess you're going to surprise everybody with yours as well. So. Well, I've thought long and hard about this question, and obviously I've asked this question to a few refs on the podcast. Uh, but I can't leave out Matt Letizier, can I? Look, God. Obviously, as a Saints fan, I couldn't pick anyone else. Um, I've had the uh, great fortune to meet him a couple of times. Um, he was at the um, he was at Sportsman um, Sportsman's dinner up at uh, the auctioneer a few years ago. Uh, got him to sign a few things, uh, including his autobiography. But uh, yeah, obviously everyone uh, knows I'm a Saints fan. Most people do anyway, and um, just being on the same field as him, gracing. Seeing grass as him, um, seeing some of his goals that he scored, unbelievable goals. Uh, Great footballer. Didn't get enough England caps, though, did he? And eight, eight, eight caps um, back in the day in the 90s. But uh, if you ever search on YouTube uh, for his goals, uh, you know, the top 10 of his goals, unbelievable. And that fact, that's the name of his title of his video, unbelievable, his DVD. Right, we'll move on. Decent, from... decent golfer as well, I think. She's, yes, she's yeah. quite up today. Yeah, he's a decent golfer. Caddied, I think, as well on the pro circuit. Um, but yeah, Letizia would be my man. Um, right, um, 
referees then, uh, five refs that you would uh, pick for a five-a-side team. Well, I can't believe you've asked me to pick a five-a-side team of referees. Um, I think that will be everybody's worst nightmare playing against us. But uh, I'm going to keep it nice and simple. And uh, we've we've been meeting every Saturday morning for a number of years now in for a for a coffee uh, in Costas or, or certainly more frequently on on Facebook Messenger video calls. So I, I'm going to go with the coffee coffee club group. Uh, so that's John Mulligan. He's going to go between the sticks. Um, Keep him out of the way of the referee because he's a bit chirpy. Like uh, Kev Mulrain and, and yourself in, in defence, uh, solid, solid pair in that, I think. And yeah. you mentioned earlier that you're a good partnership. So Ant Backhouse has got to go in the engine room because he's just a machine, isn't he? So he, he has to go in there. And uh, Scott Henry up top, I think he's got a bit of a, a good finish in him um, to, to, to win us a, f a few games. So. Um, Five-a-side team of refs. So I, I have decided uh, on the side of caution there. Um, do I dare ask about about you and, uh, and what about your five-a-side team? Well, I'm going to surprise you and not pick my <laughs> refereeing pals like you have done. Oh, um, cheers! Uh, because the team would closely resemble yours and Kev's um, that obviously have been picked on previous uh, Ask the Ref podcasts. So I'm going to pick a team of CFA referees that I know actually played football uh, to a decent level because I refereed some of them. Um, so here goes. So number one, Big Millie, Millian Nets, Ian Milburn. Number two, Neil McCrickard. And number three, myself at the back with Tab, Mark Hunter at number four and Chip Charters, Alan Charters at number five with Chris Backhouse and my CFA work colleague, Paul Carrigan as subs. CFA chairman Fred Conway would be the manager, purely to keep his cousin Neil in check, as I've heard many a story from Fred about Neil's playing style. Yeah. Got to keep in with your employer as well, haven't you, mate? Yeah, there's a few name drops there. <laughs> <laughs> right, Phil, the most memorable game you've been involved in? Ah, there's, there's a few. Wow. Um, I've had the privilege of refereeing a lot of games, or certainly been involved in a lot of high-profile games at, at a local level. Um, I'll just, just run through a, f a few that, that jump off I think whenever you got North Bank versus Carlisle City in the Alliance I'd give you a bit of a buzz certainly a big game mm -hmm. on the local level Spatry and Netherall yep. uh, another big game refereed that a few times uh, privileged to say I've been involved in every single County Cup final apart from the Senior Cup in some shape, way or form but the one that the, one, the game that that massively stands out for me was was a Northern Alliance uh, League Cup final, uh, Easter Monday, a few years ago now. It was a red hot day. The game was played at, at Percy Main uh, in Newcastle. Uh, went over there with with Mark Hunter, uh, Michael Studholm as as my assistants, and Ben Scott. Um, got a very late call up to be fourth official for his first game of the season. Uh, did him a favour that day. Um, I remember warming up before the game and, and, and literally thinking there's quite a few people coming in this ground to watch this game today um, and for the life of me I can't remember who the two teams were um, but I, just, I can just remember loads loads of folk coming in red hot Easter Monday um, probably a lot of people getting a bit of fresh air to get rid of some hangovers from the, the Easter Sunday But so we went back in the dressing room after warming up and league 
appointment secretary uh, Penners, George Penman, uh, good friend of ours, um, knocked on the dressing room door and uh, he asked me if, if we could delay the kickoff because there was quite a few few people uh, coming in. Um, so I guess as a level five senior county referee, I have delayed a kickoff due to crowd congestion. <laughs> um, so um, it was the final was a was a breeze to referee, but uh, yeah, definitely when, when I got that knock on the door, that that's one game that definitely jumps out at me. You've had a few over the years. Is is the one particular game that, that jumps out to you? Uh, there is one, um, you know, I've, before I come to that though, I, I do need to say that I've been very fortunate to have been involved in five senior county cup finals, uh, also known as the Cumberland Cup, two as match referee, um, including last year's final. Yeah. Um, I also, first final, you talk about uh, delayed kickoff, I had a delayed kickoff as well, uh, when Celtic Nation um, beat the Spatry, I think it was. Um, we had a 15, 20 That's minute right. delay. Yeah. We were getting all the Celtic fans that had travelled down from Edinburgh um, into Brunton Park. Well over a thousand that day in the crowd. Um, but my most memorable game has to be my first and only so far game at the first round proper stage of the FA Cup. Quite right. And it was this season at Booth and Crescent for York City against Altrincham on Sunday the 10th of November 2019 in front of 3,222 fans and millions more via the red button on BBC. Um, Definitely. Good, good shout. Yeah, good shout. two other games I do want to mention and I think you were both present for these. Um, I was involved with a uh, Premier League 2 game at Old Trafford, Manchester United and Middlesbrough, Wayne Rooney uh, for a reserve game. Basically, Wayne Rooney was trying to prove his fitness ahead of the Euros 2016. So he had a game, I think, 70 minutes. Um, so it was great to be out there on the on the old Trafford pitch, uh, checking Wayne's boots beforehand in the lineup, uh, knocking on the door and seeing him in the dressing room um, at Old Trafford. And then um, the FA Youth Cup I did at Anfield between uh, Liverpool and Arsenal. I think you were there. I sure was. My great, guest. Great away win that day. Um, so, and Stephen Gerrard, of course, was the manager of uh, a Liverpool youth team, under 18s, at that time. Yeah. Uh, and I had a few choice words, or sorry, he had a few choice words with me, following a disallowed goal at the cop end for Liverpool, uh, which would have won it in extra time, I think, um, or maybe certainly pulled it back. I think Arsenal might have been winning at that point, might have been three all, taking it to penalties. But anyway. There's a few games there, but obviously, yeah, yeah the FA Cup, mate, is... Uh... Oh, without a shadow of a doubt, yeah. And I mean, as, as you name dropping there, I think uh, we do need to mention, obviously, recently was was the anniversary of a certain goal that was scored at Brunton Park, and, and we've had the privilege of uh, of refereeing Mr Mr Jimmy Glass in, in a friendly game. Uh, I think just as, as we're name dropping, I think he just needs to be remembered in there that, we've, that we have refereed a game with him, been yeah, involved in. Yeah, I think that friendly game was um, Supporters Club game. I think it was... London support or Carlisle London supporters branch game against the Scandinavian I think branch. It was Norway, somewhere. Norway, yeah, or, yeah, somewhere like that. It was on the yeah. training ground at the back it of Brunton was, Park, wasn't it? Yeah, me, you, and John, wasn't it? Uh, did he not get a hat trick? He played up front. He played didn't up front. He? Jimmy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely happy days. Um, so we're moving rapidly through this, um, and the next one I've got uh, is any pre-match rituals. Nothing that really jumps out. Um, Saturday morning is always in my house, bacon sandwich and a strong coffee. 
um, still do it now. Um, bag was always packed the night before, all, all that kind of stuff. But I guess that the one, the one strange thing that I maybe did is I always put Vaseline on the soles of my feet. You've had um, soles of your feet there. Yeah. Like, um, apparently it was to stop me from getting blisters but it didn't really work I have to uh, I think that was Paul Best told me to do that one day in a dressing room and uh, I'll find him one day uh, and, and the last thing I always used to do was some another silly thing was I always had a, pack of, a pocket full of, um, of sports mixture when refing or, or lining it was amazing how uh, often somebody a sweet could very quickly diffuse a, a heated situation in the middle of a park um, Anything from you, pre-match ritual-wise? No, simple as that, mate. Um, never one for doing anything um, as a ritual. Uh, sometimes I forget to pack my bag, as people know. I, miss, miss I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah, but... I think I think others might mention that in other podcasts, etc. But um, ah, well, sometimes I'd be cleaning my boots literally ten minutes after I should have gone out the door or in the car or being picked up. Now, mate, literally, some people have different socks don't they or left boot on right boot on now mate nothing literally nothing for me i think whatever pre-match ritual any, anybody has we all share the one pre-match ritual and that is the mad 10 minute rush <laughs> before the buzzer goes or before you go out the tunnel or whatever that that, that 10 to 3 feeling as it's, as it's bottled up i think let's be honest we all have that ritual however prepped you are there's always that 10 to 3 mad rush yeah absolutely so we talked a little bit about sort of advice, but as you know now, we, we're involved in the core, um, core health group for young referees. So anything you'd like to say or advice you'd give to a 16, 17-year-old core referee? One word. Listen. Someone's giving you advice. Listen. If someone is criticising your performance. Listen. If someone is giving somebody else advice in your earshot, listen in. I don't think there's anybody out there that, that I can think of in the refereeing world that will deliberately give you poor advice. So to wrap it up in one simple word, it's is listen. Well, see, I struggled with finding sort of one piece of advice or one word. Um, most of you that know me will know that I like to talk and go on and on and on, but I'm going to try and keep it to three. Uh, so commit, engage and enjoy because you've got to commit to these programmes. People like yourself and me and others uh, putting their time and effort into organising these events, getting guest speakers, putting training sessions on. So you've got to commit. Uh, and when you're there, you've got to engage. But like you said, listen. So you've got to engage. But also you've got to enjoy it. Because mm -hmm. if you don't want to be part of this, there's others that do. Uh, and if you don't enjoy it, seeing it as something to do to get a bit of money and I know you mentioned the money earlier in your sort of one of your questions but ultimately there's a huge career ahead of people here if they, if they stick at it and listen and commit and engage uh, and they could become professionals doing their hobby massively the, the doors that are open now you just have to look at some of the guys now yourself Kev Vance John the lads that are up they're up there um, knocking on doors and, and getting involved in the professional game is you know to watch I went to school with Anthony mm. and, and to watch Anthony walk out at Wembley was an extremely proud moment for me and um, to watch you walk out at Anfield and and 
uh, Old Trafford and you know Mill Farm even uh, at Fylde. Extremely proud moments um, for, for, for good friends. So you, you're absolutely right. Um, commit, love it, engage definitely. Enjoy without a shadow of a doubt. Mm. If you don't enjoy it, I would question why you're there really. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that's sort of come to our last question now, sort of. I know you're still involved in the game, maybe not so much now with the whistle. Um, is there anything you still want to achieve? Well, I was thinking about this last night actually, and I haven't actively refereed a football match for coming up three years. Um, for one reason or another, I'm not going to go into that now. Um, but the longer I leave it, the harder it is to come back. I miss it some days, don't miss it other days. a very pressure-filled job now. I've been promoted at work in, in uh, December and, and sometimes something has to give Scotland and unfortunately as, as you well know football was that. Mm -hmm. um, what, what would I still like to achieve? I don't know whether it's personally anything I want to achieve but I'd love to see a cover referee in the middle of a Premier League game and ultimately Probably a World Cup. I think that would be something that I'd really love to see is one of the lads get or, or girls get to get to the pinnacle of, of world football. Well, I echo those points. I mean, certainly for me, getting to the World Cup final, we into the Premier League. Um, but uh, certainly, I still got ambitions uh, and goals and targets at the age of 47. Um, and the one I've had right from day one, back in 2001 was to reach the Football League. Uh, obviously, um, at that time, uh, it was more uh, a goal to be a referee in the Football League, but certainly, as I've now had to choose my pathway and I'm concentrating on a specialist assistant referee, uh, reaching the Football League, I'm one step away, Phil. Um, yeah, not too far now. So, you know, ultimately, uh, next year, the 20th year, could, it, could that be the year? in the stars hopefully touch wood <laughs> if we get restarted so project restart etc yeah. um, other goals achievements um, still there an FA final um, so a vase or a trophy or even a Sunday cup or uh, my, or a county's uh, final so, certainly something to get a three, li three lines badge three yeah. lines badge for me yeah as long as you get guest tickets <laughs> everybody's alright yeah you can join the long queue <laughs> um, and obviously ultimately um, like like uh, like Anthony did, uh, get to to get to Wembley and be involved in a National League playoff final. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or any well, any game a, at Wembley. We've had a two around Wembley, and it's something very special walking down that tunnel, isn't it? Yeah, change rooms weren't the best, though, were they? No, weren't. The rest ones. Seen better. Seen better. Right, Phil. Um, it's been a pleasure to as share, always <laughs> to share the golf course with you this morning. We're going to go back out there now and. And uh, play another nine, hopefully, yeah. and um, try and catch me up. Yeah, always trying to catch you up. <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely. Stay safe, stay alert, um, keep in touch as, as, as I know you will. Um, stay in the game. Uh, it's been a pleasure, and I look forward to uh, many more sort of afternoons out watching football with you. Hopefully, um, in the very near future. So stay safe, take care, everyone, um, and look forward to another podcast. Thanks, Scott. Cheers, guys. Cheers.
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. We'd also love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CumberlandFA or like Cumberland FA on Facebook for more episodes.